Welcome to the Bosch Finish Podcast, bringing you honest conversations about wrestling from people you'd watch wrestling with. Start the productions, double or nothing, coming to you sh- with no interruptions. We ain't trying to waste too much time on our introductions, just get ready for some wrestling and utter destruction. Start the productions, double or nothing, coming to you sh- with no interruptions. We ain't trying to waste too much time on our introductions, just get ready for some wrestling and utter destruction. everyone welcome to the go home show from the botch finish i'm your host rob lopaki i'm joined by our my panel of co-hosts this week why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourself hi i'm uh pete i'm glad to be uh back recording i mean it's been a long time since i've been on a show with you guys i'm excited to get this rolling Wait, he's actually been on a show with us before? I'm confused. Oh, so uh, you I'm might also on... know me as Mark Out Pete, but uh, I'm rebranding. <laughs> oh, that repackage wonderful. Pete has been upgraded to a full panelist. I hope he doesn't make me regret that. But uh, Lip- 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 why did you hand him the contract? Why did we do this? Big. I climbed the ladder first. That's why. You're supposed to introduce yourself. No one knows who's talking. That is fair. This is Bic. Well, I'm just kind of the resident um, asshole. Can I say that on the show? Am I supposed to avoid swearing? I don't remember the rules. No, My we're, apologies. We're, we're actually, I do think we're marked as a family-friendly show, but until enough people are listening, I don't think it'll be a problem. Amen to that. <laughs> just keep it, uh, don't drop any of like the four bad ones. Well, what would those yeah, be exactly? Well, those would be... Uh, anyway, NC, it's ha- I'm happy to see you here. It's been a while. I'm happy to be back. I think we all we all missed getting together and doing this during during the last few months during quarantine. But we're happy to be back. Yeah, no, I, I def- definitely am. In fact, that's something I want to talk about here real quick. But before we do, I do need to give a shout out. Um, we do have new music throughout the show, intros, outros, all of that. I do want to give a shout out to a friend of the show who's providing that. It's A-N-T, really cool up-and-coming artist. Check him out. He's on Spotify, uh, Apple iTunes, and you can follow him on Twitter like I do. That's at A-N-T, won't stop. All right, anyway, uh, let's get to it. So first things first, let's address the, the elephant in the room, which is why we haven't been here. Corona. Yeah, that's that's definitely the answer. <laughs> One word sums it up. <laughs> and not... No, it is. But honestly, it's probably for the best. It forced us to kind of up our game a little bit, remote recording, and it's led to some really cool things. If you guys have been, um, you know, keeping up with our Twitter and our social media accounts, we have been uh, expanding the blog. We launched a YouTube channel. This is actually going to be among the first videos um, loaded there. So we recommend checking that out. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. That's at botched underscore finish. Um, we do have the blog up again. That's botchedfinish.home.blog. Check it out. Uh, most recent article, I'm not ashamed to say, is a 100% correct NXT In Your House takeover predictions. If I do remember a conversation we had, I think you have to give a shout out to one of your panel hosts about some assistance that you I, did. I have, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll let you run with it. I'll let you run with it. All right, but any, anyway, before we get to the real meat of the show, do you guys want to say anything to our, our viewers here about our time, your time away? 
I, I just, uh, I don't have anything to say about my time away. I just want to say I appreciate everyone for uh, checking us out and uh, being a listener. And uh, I hope that uh, this whole quarantine time and this, uh, I know it's been a difficult time for everyone. And I just hope everyone's doing well at home. And see? Oh, sure. I'm jumping up. I just kind of hope that we all have used this time maybe to try to find ways to do things in a new and improved manner that obviously quarantine has been a unique experience for all of us to whatever extent we dealt with it, but it basically forced us out of our norms. It made us really break down some walls. If I'm going to use a Jericho lyric just for shits and giggles, um, because it literally forced us to try to find new avenues and new ways to do things. And so I hope that we can try to start finding some silver linings to this really hard time that the whole world has gone through. Well said, well said, Vic. All right. So, uh, just let me, before we get to the honest conversation here, I just uh, need to get the obligated user agreement anchor commercial out of the way. So uh, we'll be right back. If you haven't heard about anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. One, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome back, everyone. So getting started today on the Go Home Show, which real quick to remind everyone, uh, is the show where the Botched Finish podcast will go over the biggest stories in wrestling, address the biggest elephants in the room, and have the deepest conversations that a lot of people try to avoid. Today, though, we're going to get started with the NXT title picture. <laughs> and so, uh, real quick, I want to get your guys' thoughts. So let me just break it down. You know, obviously, at the top, we have the face of NXT, Adam Cole, the engine that drives the show, and Undisputed Era. Obviously, um, you, you missed the obligated baby after saying his name. Well, baby, no, we're good. Thank you, thank you. Please continue. <laughs> and then I we, got you, Vic. We do have Keith Lee on that um, North American belt, so it's a crowded title picture, both on the men and women's side. And you know, while I'm at it, we can't forget about the newly crowned women's champion. Congratulations! But um, yeah, so let's talk about it. What do you guys want to see? What are your thoughts coming out of this last show? We did have a few, you know, potential rivalries hinted at. Let's start with Vic. So a couple of things we got to start with and make sure we're talking about. You can't, for, you can't leave out Imperium because they're your tag champs, and you can't leave out your newly crowned NXT Cruiserweight champion. If you would like to go ahead and insert the cartel name to, with Santos the best accent you can. Escobar, the soon-to-be leader of some sort of cartel faction, hopefully. Unique enough. But sorry, I'm like, if we're going to talk about the champs, we got to flush out the entire title picture. Obviously, you're going to have Adam Cole sitting at the top of your mountain, for what, 370 plus days, somewhere in that range at this point? Mm -hmm. And you cannot look at him as anything but your crown jewel because he has been that. But your question is, where does he go? Because we had many, many hints of many upcoming feuds with this current week's broadcast of NXT, even down to Keith Lee having a stare down with the Undisputed Era and looking at Cole's title going, might be a little bit of that foreboding nature. Right. Fair, fair. Nick, what are your thoughts? Where's Cole going? Or, sorry, NC. 
again, I respond to both here. Um, I think Vic made a good point is that there's a few options. Clearly, we're going with Killian Cross. When is the question? Okay, and that's actually that's a good that's a good point. That's something I want to get into because I want to ask you guys: Is it too early? Is Cross getting this spot on this in this match on this card too early? Pete, um, you're specifically asking me about Cross. Yes, specifically about Cross. We'll get into others, but specifically about Cross. You see, I. I almost wonder, and this is kind of answering your uh, first prompt as well. I almost wondered because Keith Lee was mentioned. I mean, Cross kind of was involved, and then we got Dexter Loomis kind of involved in that also. Are we setting up to like a multi-man type of deal here at the next takeover almost? And if that's the case, does that type of environment protect Cross enough to where he can get into the title picture without having to expose himself? I, if that's the case, like something like that, I'm okay with. I think introducing him to that top level is eventually where like wrestling wants him to be, where NXT wants him to be. But I do think you're right. I don't think he's quite ready for a one-on-one -on -one with Cole. I don't see exact. I think that could expose him a lot, and I don't exactly see ex where what WWE or NXT would do exactly with that. But I do want him in that picture eventually. Awesome. I get that. Now, um, first off, do you guys want to grade Pete's first take on the show? Surprisingly uh, effective. I, I would just like a little elaboration on what do you mean by exposing him? Are you just saying too much too soon or? Yeah, exactly what like uh, Lepaki kind of brought up. I mean, it's one of those that he is still, I guess, kind of, I, I don't want to like discredit him or downplay him because obviously he's a tremendous talent. But yeah, too much too soon. That's the best way to put it. Okay. No, I, I, I can get that. Vic, Nick, or NC, do you have thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think what Pete said, again, is it, it was correct. Because in a one-on-one -on -one match, somebody's got somebody's to take a fall. One way or another, somebody's got to lose. So could they protect Cross and, and keep the belt on Cole? Yes, of course. Is it the right time for, for Cross to take the belt off him? Again, that would be pretty quick. So if we're going to build to that and, and like Pete said, kind of have a, a little more convoluted title picture, a few different men in, the, in and around the belt, keeping it on Cole, having other people to take the fall, then to build to a one-on-one -on -one match where, where Cross will eventually take the belt. I, I don't know about you guys looking at NXT as it currently stands. There's plenty of guys that could hold the belt. I would assume Cross is almost a, a definitive choice at this point, that he will be an NXT champion at some point. Oh, absolutely. I think it's just a matter of when. I guess I have a question for you guys, if you're okay with me asking a uh, question, Lopaki. But um, how much longer do you keep the title on Cole? Well, and let, me, let me interject, if I can jump in here. Because I will answer both sets of you guys' questions with no. It's not too early because they've done it before successfully. And I'm going to throw this one at NC. Who are your two boys coming through NXT probably four years ago or so in Steen and Generico under some different names? Do you remember how quick they actually dropped that NXT title off of Sammy to KO once he joined the promotion? And he was coming in with comparable hype and a comparable indie record with 
not necessarily being green by any stretch of the imagination. So putting that belt on Cross now is not the worst idea. You need the belt off Cole. He's getting a little repetitive with it. You need somebody dominant, and you need somebody who has the total package already built. You look at Cross and you look at Bardot, their, their whole entrance, the whole thing that is basically real quick, a, real quick in true WWE fashion, she lost her last name. It's just Scarlet. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. My apologies. Uh, Scarlet. <laughs> so, but you look at even her coming down to the ring and presenting somebody with a hourglass, the sand, basically letting it drop down, telling him your time is numbered. I 100% is numbered. And the, the time is now for cross. We have all known that he didn't mean to go to NXT. He is there because he was a way to bolster the brand out. And I'm questioning whether he asked to go, to go enjoy basically that world. So if, if I may, let me, let me jump in here. Cross is without a doubt the hottest debut in NXT in recent memory. Okay. In fact, if you go back, there are probably very few that really were as hyped. You know, maybe Shinsuke. But aside from that, he is a veteran. He does know how the ring, like, ring psychology works. He's worked on TV before. So you, he's not quite an unfinished product. You know, he's not a developmental wrestler. He's more there to establish a character and to prove himself as a main event player. Now, I tend to agree with uh, Pete and NC that he does need to be protected, that this is too soon for him to take a loss, and it's just it doesn't make sense for Cole to drop the belt, except in the case that Cole has bigger things in the water, whether that's a main roster call-up, whether that's a, a big rivalry coming up for uh, War Games, which is less than six months away. So let's go ahead and move on from Cross. He is, he is the presumptive challenger to Cole. Let me ask you this. If they drop the belt to Cross, what do we see from Adam Cole? Like, what does that lead to? Anyone? I'm, I think I'm, when I'm Cole... Gonna, I'm going to take this one. And I'm actually going to piggyback something that Lopaki put in the blog that I think is smart, but not only smart booking, something that I think we're starting to see seeds of. And that is... Uh, future faction battle war games match between the Adam Cole led undisputed era and a Finn Balor led heel faction. With, faction. Right. With, with UE working as a face. Right, well, mine, I, I will tell you that that is if, if they were to drop the belt off of Cole, that's where I hope they're going. I do not think it's a hope it's a main roster deal. I do want to see that War Games match with Undisputed Era as faces. But, um, you know, a couple of things do really have to fall into place. Balor's getting – Balor need, needing to establish a faction. Um, but before we get too far down that road, Vic, Pete, do you have any other ideas about what would be a worthwhile path for Adam Cole should he lose the championship? I mean, if you look, I mean, there's only so many possibilities. You can have him chase the belt again, which I have no interest in. You can have him go to main roster. I'm not against that, but I don't know. I feel like if you put him on a main roster right now, I don't, I almost feel like it's one of those cases where he gets lost in the mix, even though he shouldn't. 
Like, I just don't trust WWE to use him properly. That's no knock on him. It's just more knock on main brand creative. And so I guess, I mean, I like the idea of faction. I just don't see any, I mean, are we getting any hints that Bauer's going to create a faction? Like, as cool as that would be, I just don't know if that's something that we would get. Vic, your thoughts? My thought would be that if you're going to drop the belt off Cole, you finally get the destruction of the UE and you get Cole lashing out and basically beginning to blame Roddy because he was the first one that broke up the golden prophecy that they used so much recently in the last eight months or so where they talked about that every night, the golden prophecy. He was the first one that lost his belt. So he's the first one that Cole basically turns on. Then you get the original Yui, the three-man, so let Cole go to town on the other two when Kyle O'Reilly finally returns, um, even though he's obviously out of work just solely because of COVID, him being um, at risk a little higher. So you have this, but you have that whole potential. And I'm not even necessarily trying to say you need to establish any of the rest of them as true stars, like single stars where Strong was a great single star before he joined UE. Yeah, I wouldn't say great. Uh, he, he was a very solid – he was a great in-ring single star. He puts on great matches, but that guy never had a character, not in Ring of Honor, not in NXT. Like, UE is Roddy Strong's character. So, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, though. You want to go ahead and finish your thought? But that's where I want to see it go, is I want to see it be this eventual implosion because the biggest star, again, in my mind, I've said it before, and I will home true on some of my guys, is Kyle O'Reilly is your biggest star besides Cole coming out of the UE. No argument for me. Um, I, I want to jump off what Vic is saying there. So I, I do think you can start to see some, some signs, some cracks, yeah. The Dexter Loomis storyline with with Roddy being the one to see him and and the one to be fearful and anxious everywhere they're going, kind of getting painted in that, like, you know, he's losing his mind kind of way that you're starting to see backstage in, in the promo in the ring. And it is really good evolution for his character. Like I just said, I mean, Undisputed Era kind of lent him their shtick. But um, to see that evolution seemingly is, is probably a good thing. And real quick, not surprised that Vic was the one who decided to bring out the Armageddon scenario where we break up the most popular group NXT's ever created. But there you go. Come on. This is WWE. Whether it's Triple H's product in NXT or whether it's main roster run by Vince, factions don't last. Tag teams don't last. It's cheaper to pay one man a chunk of money to go have the match than it is to pay a tag team, i.e. the tag team division. That's true. It is, it is definitely financially more reasonable to pay two men for a match as opposed to four, five if one of them has a valet. But, uh, so to kind of tie this up, before we talk about the Cole faction option, okay, if Undisputed Era were to break up, and even if it happened like Big Set, where it's uh, Roddy, Adam Cole in the beginning, and then the tag team kind of ends up going off on their own, even if they break up, what is the ceiling for each member? Where do they get to? I'll take first if no one uh, has anything to say. 
I guess, I mean, the ceiling for coal is obviously, the roof is the ceiling, right? Ceiling is like, the roof. Is it on fire? Absolutely. I mean, like, he's a potential uh, future world champion. I mean, okay. plain and simple, I mean, he's the face. As far as the other members, I mean, I don't quite see that ceiling for them, but I mean, I think they're all talented enough in ring that they could have potential successful careers. I think I like keeping them together somewhat. I think some of them probably have higher ceilings and tag. Well, let me, you brought let me, up that. Let me ask you this. If you had to break it down to world champion, mid-card champion, uh, solid career worker, enhancement talent, or bust. So there's five. What do you think is, I mean, you said Cole's a world champion, but what about Strong, Fish, and O'Reilly? I'll say Strong, mid-card, O'Reilly. You think you could get an IC? Yeah, I think Riley. I, I, I'll say mid-card for the rest of them, actually. I think the rest of them could be mid-card. I don't see world champion for any of them. Strong, if he could ever develop a character, and you brought that up, kind of how – He's never really been able to develop a character. I think he has the in-ring work to become a world champion, but until he learns to develop his character outside of a faction, he's not going to get above mid-card, in my opinion. Boys, Vic, NC. What well, are the feelings? Let's see. Um, Cole, I'll leave it with the world championship notion that he definitely should be in the running, all things considered, to take either of your main card belts. That's not a question. The other one that's more interesting to me is that I don't see Roddy ever truly putting it together. Yeah, you want to talk about him not having a character. You want to talk about him um, being a great in-ring worker. I think that they basically just massively abuse him until he finally gets fed up and leaves because either he doesn't put it together or they don't put it together, they being creative uh, for him. And he basically is that career worker and ends up going someplace like TNA, Impact, however you want me to reference them, whether that's AEW, someplace else, and actually gets a mid-card to a world title run there. So do you, uh, you see him as like a Ty Dillinger type? Yep, I see him as a Ty Dillinger, almost ex very pretty oh, calm across. Just literally like it's going, he's going to get frustrated before he gets anywhere. Okay. Because he's got the in-ring talent, but I just don't think he has everything that they're going to want, them being creative again. Okay, so real quick, um, we all agree that Adam Cole has world champ potential. Oh, let me finish the last two, if you don't mind, really fast. Because Kyle O'Reilly, I'm throwing into the mid card, and Fish, I'm saying, is going to walk away before too long, him being one of the oldest members of the UE, and look at more of the Cassius Ono training angle, whether he's still working matches and training somebody in the ring. So I think he's going to stick around NXT. As yeah, I had that same exact thought. He's nearing 45, I believe. Mounting injuries. Yeah. I, I don't see him having a, a long solo career. Um, I, I wouldn't say enhancement talent. I hope so. He's still a good hand. But in the Cassius Ono, Tyson Kidd type of way, of, you know, let him, let him work with some guys when they need, when they need someone to work with. And then eventually, yeah, go backstage. I I know I was interested in Bix's opinion because I know we're both very high on, on Ko Rai there, and I, and I do think he has a higher ceiling than than Roddy personally. 
because I think it was something that Lopaki had talked about on one of our previous podcasts. Kyle O'Reilly is your best MMA style wrestler, even when you have people like Riddle and Brock Lesnar and how many of the four horsewomen on your roster, he still has the best MMA style of professional wrestling. In North America. In North America, fair. I did say that. I do remember saying that, but I said in North America, don't get at me, NJPW fans. I love it too. But so I'm like, you, he has his character and he has the, oh my God, overwhelming cell potential. That man, go watch any ladder match or any one of the War Games matches he's been a part of. He will make everybody look. But where does he get to? Is he an IC champ? Yeah, I said mid-card. So I'm saying I hope that he gets the IC because even in my mind, IC has a little better uh, workhorse notion than the U.S. to me. Yeah, no, I, I buy that. The U.S. is glitzy. I'd be happy with the new U.S. championship. I know it's a tangent, but real quick, that's kind of going around that they're updating that belt. Totally on board. Um, Nick, did you give your Kyle O'Reilly thoughts? Yeah, it's, I, I, my, my take here, I don't know if I'd say it's hot, but I'd say probably lukewarm is that Kyle O'Reilly will have a better singles career than Roddy in, in the WWE banners. Okay. Well, let me go ahead and rain on all of your guys' parade because the only one that's ever going to really do anything is Adam Cole. Like, I love hey, hey. Don't get me wrong. And as a, as a package, they're great. As a tag team, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly are great. But here's the thing. If we really break up all of the Undisputed Era, Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, and Roddy Strong have enhancement talent ceilings. That's where they get to. Ceiling? I'm well, not here's the thing. That they're not worthy of more. I happen to be a fan. I'm just saying that that is the, the state of affairs in WWE. Those Let's, guys aren't charismatic. Bobby Fish, actually, out of the three, is probably the most. That's the thing he has going for him. And even at their enhancement ceiling, we're looking at good odds for Roddy and Kyle O'Reilly and 50-50 odds for Bobby Fish. Like, I'd like to say I see more out of them, and maybe I will once we do get more of a singles presentation. But as of now, with the characters they've established and how they've been presented, the only person I see surviving outside of Undisputed Era, at least on the main roster, is Adam Cole. I just want to add one point to that quickly. You said ceiling, so I was saying the best possible thing they could do. I agree with you in the fact that most likely I think there's a good chance that they – none of the three ever touch a mid-card title and, like you said, are most likely enhancement talent. I think that's most likely. But ceiling, there is the chance that any – I think any of the three of them has an outside shot to win a mid-card. I think we're also discrediting a very realistic option is that two of those three or all three of them end up as career tag guys. That's, I think – they a very likely scenario. I specifically, what I said is specifically their singles potential. As a team and as a package, there's a lot of potential there, which is why it's so hard to consider breaking them up. But I mean, For sure. I don't like breaking them up personally, I don't think. I yeah, think they work better together. I think you have to at least debut them on the main card together. Yeah. Something. Just don't, don't give them the sanity treatment, please, creative. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's go ahead and, uh, and tie that up. I do want to talk about the Adam Cole faction and let me kind of set the stage here. So um, 
Or not the Adam Cole. The Finn Balor. Finn Balor faction to go against Adam Cole's Undisputed Era. Okay, so for me and for a lot of NXT fans, the biggest show of the year for the last few years hasn't been a takeover next to Mania or SummerSlam. It's been War Games, right? I mean, those ones are huge. They, there's all, all highlight, like, moves. Like, you see gifts of that and all that. So, like, I look forward to War Games. And this year gives a very real possibility that Undisputed Era is in War Games as a babyface. Okay. So, Balor, if he is the one who builds that, that stable, we've gotten a little bit very little bit of a hint that Damian Priest may be an ally. Otherwise, why would he attack Cameron Grimes on this week's NXT before? Because he didn't like his hat. Huh? Because he didn't like his hat. <laughs> yeah, well, let's, let's, let's expand on that a little bit, just because I think it'd be awesome. I mean, the fact is, Balor slash Devitt had his creative peak as a wrestler as the head of a hot heel faction. So if we could build that around him now, if that happens, and we do get to war games, what do you think, or let me say, what do you think the chances are that that happens going into war games, which at this point I believe is just under five months away? I'd have to look to be sure. Vic? Um, I think it's a little stretch for us to try to start booking Balor into this faction, but at the same time, obviously, I know that me and NC have talked at length about wanting a true club, Balor, insert some form thereof faction for him to run. And if you give him somebody, a young gun like Priest, who hopefully gets that good rub from Balor and can rise with it, obviously like we've been talking about with stables, eventually breaking them up, <clears throat> you want somebody besides your main guy to get a good rub coming out of them i.e. the rock coming out of the, your nation of domination. Don't Basically, Farouk giving him the rug. So if you look at somebody like Priest, who, as long as he keeps doing what he's doing, is on a great track so far. So we, all they need to do now is to find some, maybe a little bit dark, but then again, NXT gets really um, to their dark characters at times, find some form of a tag team for these two guys to pick up, and then you have your faction built. That's, no, that's not a difficulty. You have so many guys that float around the PC. We just saw the formation of this cartel faction with uh, Wild and Mendoza that, I'm sorry, I can't even tell you the last time I've actually watched a Mendoza match. So, and you throw them in and all of a sudden they've become relevant. So pick up two guys and it doesn't matter what. Even if you want to bring back your two guys that went to the main roster, Shane Thorne and uh, what was his partner? Um, what's that? His original partner? No, because they debuted him on the main oh, roster. Uh, like I know you talked about. Daniel Vida, I believe is his name. Yeah. Uh, okay, but real quick, what do you think the chances that Finn Balor forms a stable? Like, where would you put it right now? That he forms a stable, 30%. I'm way higher. I'm putting it at about 60%. I'm closer with uh, Bick. I'm saying 30%. I'd like that. Maybe even lower. I, I don't think you bring that guy in this situation without having a, a real plan for him to be a focal point. There's no need for him to be on the belt. It's just it's, – it's unnecessary. So how do you get the best use out of him? As Bick was saying, you give him the rub to other guys – 
And him being Valor, not, that, not him being Valor. Yes. And I think a great way for Balor to bring other guys up is to put him in a stable and and bring some real Which you know, power to, to be capable to do. I mean, we love the Young Bucks, and they're going to come up later, I'm sure. But do are the Young them? Bucks as big without Prince Devitt's Bullet Club? Because I don't think so. I mean, that was their first shirt that sold out. I mean, well, yeah. I can't say first, but the first one they know that really made a splash and on topic and all that. So I mean, they not they're not who they are without the Bullet Club. But I would like to add, I think this Bauer faction is a great idea. I would love to see this. But you asked, is it likely? I just don't think it's likely. Is I think that would be the more intriguing match, and I just don't feel like that's going to happen. Right. Well, and, and that's fair. Like, honestly, it is a little far out as far as calendar wise. So there's a lot of things that could shift between now and then. The only thing is I don't see a better option right now. There's not another ready-made group to go at them unless you want to run back Imperium. Like, I mean, I'm almost worried that we get the like haphazardly like thrown together, like, Oh, we have to stop UE. So let's just throw Johnny Champa, like a weird mix of heels and faces, just yeah, to like go after the AOP and Roddy Strong together to put him in a war games match against UE Insanity. Oh wait, they did that. Exactly. That's exactly what I, I don't want to see. So let's build up. I don't want to. Let's make. I don't want to see that either. I'm just saying. I think it could happen. Like that is the best option. At least right now. I mean, things could change. But as far as what I'm rooting for, and honestly, I'm gonna put it at about fifty fifty. Even if it's not a full faction, I do see Balor forming an alliance officially of some sort. So I will say that. Like, alliance, I'm a little more higher on faction. I'm not. But All right, I hope Lopaki. you guys are right. Lopaki, I got one question for you coming out of this before we move past. All right, what's up? Besides Priest, give me at least one name that you want in that faction. Besides Damian Priest? Yep. Riddick Moss is gone, right? Yeah. Stay with me here. Hey, while you're thinking, I got a name for you. Fandango and Tyler Breeze. If we, All right. If we could give them an edge and have them be as entertaining as they are, there's no way that faction doesn't get over. So basically, you're making Fandango and Tyler Breeze your Young Bucks version too? Don't are you gonna hate <laughs> me for it? Don't judge. And they I'm, could. I'm wrapping my head around it. I'm not hating Gallows yet. And Anderson. They don't have to be the Bucks, but you do need that big tag team for the if you're gonna do the Bullet Club. And if you look at the NXT roster, I mean, who's ready for kind of a, a refresh or an update or a turn? Rizanga, uh, the Fashion Police. Yeah, I'm. Uh, that's that, that's where I'm going. So. All right, so there is one more NXT note before we move on. Oh, I, I, I have an answer to that as well. Same. Okay. Let's, hear, let's hear Pulitzer Pete first. Uh, you guys probably aren't going to like this one. I don't think this is going to be a popular one because there's a lot I of different... Hit your mute button, Pete. All right, Johnny Gargano. It adds another big name, and he can kind of be like a second-tier leader. And, I mean, I just think... The role he's playing right now, he could hit perfectly into this heel faction and just kind of gives another big name to uh, – because, I mean, right now, 
if he was to form a faction with Breezango and Priest, I have no confidence that faction is going over the UE. You add Johnny into that? Now I'm saying there's a chance. Yeah, you're right. I do hate that. Priest and Breezango, and I'll take him over UE. Build it, build it right. All those guys are legit. Fair yeah. enough. That's just my opinion. I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Oh, no. Open it. <laughs> uh, Come at me. I haven't had a hot take yet. There was my hot take. Before we move Any on. nice things that I said about the way you opened this program, I want to rescind because I want to reach through <laughs> this device right now and smack you. <laughs> Not too late to bust you back down to a minute. Damn. All right. Just joking. All right. So moving on from Adam Cole, I want to talk hold about. Hold on, hold on. Can, can I answer that, that question as well? If you must. Because I think I have a better answer than Pete at the very least. <laughs> and that would be somebody who recently teased on Twitter following Seth Rollins. And that's Dominic Dijakovic. He got main roster call up, though. I mean, I feel Don't like he could come back, but. Those are the kind of guys, and I think, you know, guys that can work, guys that can, can work as muscle in a tag or a single match. They're, you know anyone in a faction is getting thrown into six-man tags and stuff that can come out looking good. It's a guy like that. Oh, I'd buy it. I'd like that if, if he was – if it was a consistent, like he's still a part of the roster, not something would have to shift. I told totally be behind Dijak. Right. He did tease becoming a disciple of Rollins as well on Twitter. Yeah, well, that would be a great. I, honestly, that'd be a great addition. I do remember that now. But um, all right, so Keith Lee. Woo hoo, Keith Lee. And Baskin has I, I, I left you guys open and everything, but. Keith Lee, our current North American champion, while we've been talking about Balor, it does look like the next for Lee and Balor is a uh, match with each other for that, that title. Okay, but let me ask you, has Keith Lee outgrown the North American title? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's two out of three, so that's what we think. So... Is it likely that Balor takes it off of him, or is that step down for Balor? Well, I'm now trying to think in my head who else could take the title. Well, it might I mean, obviously, there's plenty of options. All right, that's big. Sorry, what I'm saying is if it might be a step down, it's perfectly fine. You have to have somebody that's solidified and actually has – a lot of clout coming into that match to take that title off of Keith Lee because to take a title, as we all know, there has to be some form of a legitimate pinfall or submission. It can't be a count out. It can't be a cheap of a victory. So you actually have to beat the guy and who um, has enough clout in NXT to actually pin slash submit Keith Lee going forward, knowing that there are big plans for Keith Lee in the future. You can't just give that away to somebody like Cameron Grimes. You can't give that away to Dexter Loomis. These guys aren't solidified yet. Somebody who's your former universal champion, your inaugural universal champion at that, has that clout. So you let somebody like Balor take that title off of him, while it might be a half step down for Balor, it's a nod to Keith Lee even in the loss. I've had food poisoning that lasted longer than his title reign. 
Just saying. I mean, I know, I know he's looked at as the, the first universal champion, and we get reminded of it very, very often, but he's not that guy in the eyes of WWE anymore. So it is – I just – I don't know. Maybe it's me still wanting the Balor thing to go into war games. Maybe it's a champion versus champion thing. I, I don't know. It's just – for me – Balor isn't the right guy because he's not at the right spot in the NXT roster. The guy that I'd really, really, really want to see is Cross. I'd love to see a Cross-Keith Lee rivalry for that belt. And in that vein, if we can't have Cross, then we should look to somebody who's kind of in that same, like, uh, stratosphere right now, maybe, like a Dexter Loomis. But, you know, I don't want it to see – I don't want to see it go to somebody who's super established. But, you know, Killer Cross and them, I, I think that coming off of Keith Lee, it's going to be a much more sought-after prize for them as opposed to him dropping it to a known quantity in Balor and tying up Balor in a spot where I don't really want it. You know, like, I want him in my last match of the night. I want I, him. I struggle, I struggle to see Keith Lee losing it clean. I don't know if it would be something setting up his, a, a future feud or if it would be something like a, a shenanigans from a, a ally of, of Balor coming to his aid. Well, there you go. There's if, your skill faction, Rob, that you want. That's fair. That's fair. No, it, it could that, be a great thing. Having these, go ahead. Having these conversations back-to-back, -back, you know, is, is bringing that out. But you could see a world where, you know, we, we see Damian Priest attack Balor's opponents we see different interactions like that hinting at these things and then at the biggest stage when Balor's fighting for the the title that's where they confirm an alliance and you see that fully formed right no no and oh. it'd be a great um you know vehicle to get him to the stable it's just I uh oh, I uh I would be hesitant to think Finn Balor would be anything more than a transitional champion after Keith Lee. And for me, it just doesn't feel right. So, like, there has to be some shenanigans is what I'm saying. I, I would agree and I would accept it if there were more things kind of moving around it. Well, and to add on that, I, NC and uh, Bick both brought up how they don't necessarily want Keith Lee to lose clean and how Balor could – there's a possibility. I mean, the easiest way to do it is just a triple threat match and don't have Lee take the pinfall or submission. I mean, that's an easy way to transition to a new champion and move Lee up to the main title picture. Well, Lee's already in the main title picture. I mean, if he ever gets on, yeah. he's going to immediately. I mean, you got to be careful with the way you do it. And I think the stable thing is a really good idea. Um, I do also appreciate the point that Bick made that if you're going to drop it off of Keith Lee, it has to be worthwhile. I just disagree that you already have to be established. You have to be a high, like blue chip prospect. But um, I mean, that's where I'm at with it. I just, I wanted, I wanted to go to the next Keith Lee is what I'm saying. Instead of a guy to hold it until the next Keith Lee gets there. All right. Agree. Putting uh, the North American title to bed. Are we talking NXT tag or NXT women? Let's go women's. Okay. Well, then, uh, 
let's go ahead and start right at the top. We do have Io Shirai, newly crowned Io Shirai. So first things first, is she deserving? Is it the right time? Yes. Yes. Right time? No. It, right time was six months ago. Fair. Yeah, well, I mean, for that heel turn that she took, she should have gone over Baszler. Yeah, that probably would have opened up a few things. Honestly, I, I, I could see that. I, I won't go so far as to say it's the wrong time, though, because she hasn't lost momentum. She's only really gained it since then. She right. yeah. a little bit, but yeah. She's still as hot as she was. She's one hot as she was with the fans. Let me just say that. Um, and then, you know, she has had a string of really successful matches, and now she's the champ. So, at least for me, I'll tell you, I feel like it's been the most organic build to, um, you know, that uh, that women's – or the most organic build EO could have had to that women's title. Anyone else? Do you, you disagree that it, it didn't feel right? I, I, would, I would agree with that. I, I think it's perfect, personally. Now, I know and we'll, we could talk about the booking of the, the main event. I, I had no issues with it. I know some of you did. Vic in particular, and again, we, we, can, we can talk about that when we wrap up the, the EO conversation, but I think, it, I think it worked. It worked for me. And I, could it have been done earlier? Sure. But I do think the momentum has, has, was there. Okay. All right. So let's talk about that finish. So uh, just to kind of set the stage here, we did have the triple threat match at TakeOver in your house with Charlotte, Rhea, and EO. The finish was a little dirty. Um, we did have EO pin Rhea while she was in a submission hold by Charlotte. And I will leave it to Bick to explain to you why that is a no-no. So we have seen it countless times by either, um, let's see, Ric Flair, Miz, Charlotte, insert anybody who wants to apply a figure four leg lock, that, that is a pinning maneuver. So if somebody's shoulders are flat on the mat and you are locked up into figure four, the referee can theoretically count a one, two, three. Io Shirai comes off the top rope while Rhea Ripley is in said hold and hits her with a moonsault and then proceeds to pin her while the legs are still tied up by Charlotte, thus providing a double pinfall because Io gets the one, two, three. The referee is worth his snuff, so we probably could pin this on the ref. Now, nah, just on NXT writing in general, this should have been a double pinfall. Thus, a double pinfall is a no contest by WWE rules. A no contest basically leaves the title on your champion, so still your NXT champion should be Charlotte by the way they scripted that finish. And if you disagree, please get at me. We can have this argument. We will go in depth upon the rules of WWE. And real quick, that's at Big Curry Books. You can see it on the screen. Yeah, see? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for the plug. Please yell at me. I will be perfectly happy to have this argument because it is not the first or the last time WWE will take the rules that they established themselves and throw them out the window. Oh, come on, Vicky. You know as well as I do that rules don't matter in WWE when they want a certain outcome. Let me ask you this. Yeah, it's, there's an NWO shirt that I really wish I had. Rules and bones were made to be broken. It sounds like WWE mantra. All right. So technically, he is correct. It is a um, dirty pinfall. It's not, not one that should have been counted. should have been a no contest. But let me ask Pete and NC, do you care? <laughs> I don't want to. NC, go ahead. Not one iota. 
compete. I don't care about the rule break. I just, I don't know. For me, the ending of the match should always be the uh, high point or the point of like most excitement. And I feel I was more excited during the middle parts of that match and the ending just didn't live up. It was a great match. Don't get me wrong. One of my favorites of the night. But, but the I just... What? The finish fell flat for you. Yeah, the finish fell flat for me. It had nothing so, to do with them breaking their rules. It just was a flat finish. so far to say that it was a botched finish? Oh, <laughs> uh, that was punishing. No, 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 Pete. Your correct comment is the finish was just a little bit off the mark, like every one of Yoshirai's moonsaults. <laughs> Genius of the sky. Yeah, please drive your knee into Rhea Ripley's head one more time on a moonsault. I want to watch that on replay. Hot tag. Hot tag. I love it. All right. So, um, are we – well, let me ask. Do we want to talk about her potential challengers? or Because I still feel like a lot of that's shaking out. So, right now, it really is just fantasy booking, speculation stuff. I would like to just mention one name. Tegan Knox impressed me a lot in that opening match. And I would uh, – I'm cool with her eventually getting a push, push towards that direction. She. All right, since Pete started us, give me your one NXT female that you would like to see get a shot at Io Shirai, within the near future at least. Maybe not next, but NC. Can my answer also be Tegan Knox? Yes, it can. Let's go, Tegan Knox. Bick. Uh, we're gonna represent Team Kick, and go with Dakota Kai. I can appreciate that. I am going to throw it up for the HBIC. I think that's how she does it, right? I got her. Mia Yim, super, like, or what's the right word? She's on a, a real trajectory right now. She's just, like, shooting up the, the rankings as far as, like, getting more time and all that. She's in a major storyline. So, Mia Yim, I would not be surprised to see that, and I would be a fan if they gave her that that run with EOS. Actually, at this point, the one thing that I will say without getting into too much of our fantasy booking is I want a tournament. I want them – they just recently did one for the Cruiserweight belt that they were trying to crown a new champion on. Give me a nice bracketed women's tournament, and let's work out some actual positioning and rankings for people. Tournaments and brackets, always. Uh, yeah. All right, guys. NC so knows my thoughts on tournaments. Well, sorry, I, I got you said you said tournaments, and I thought NBA playoffs. But um, <laughs> before we get to well, before we move on, any other last thoughts before we talk about tag championships and just you know seal this NXT talk up? I've got nothing. Okay, all right. So setting the stage, we do have Imperium, the Euro import, but living in Florida, training at the PC, hence the reason they can hold the belts right now with the travel restrictions. Imperium, Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner. Let me ask you guys, what do you Why think? do they still have two names? Because they're on the UK brand. And oh, okay. Really they're allowed to be certain people. So um, first off, how do you guys feel about them as champions? She's, they kind of, they were kind of a surprise. Transitional. Okay. Pete? Yeah, I I hate to uh like down rain on them, but yeah, I think Bix right transitional. That's the best word for it. Do we have a consensus there, NC? 
Yeah, I would I would concur. Yeah, me too. I think that they are more of a of a placeholder until we can get a a new you know, real hot tag team there. Not that they're undeserving. I will tell you that they are fantastic talents. If you do watch the UK brand, you know that they're very dominant over there. It's looked great in their time on NXT TV. They're just, I don't know. I wouldn't want them there. I, I'm almost going to say I'd rather see the grizzled young veterans if we're going to see more of a UK tag team. I'd like to see them get some run, even though they're travel restricted. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think we're in agreement with Imperium. So with that in mind, taking a look at the potential possibilities, and I apologize, it slips my mind if they really hinted at any rivals on the show. They have a match this next week uh, versus Breezango. Oh, yeah, I was just about to say that. Okay, so is uh, is Breezango the is Breezango what they're transitioning to? Does Breezango get these NXT titles? I'll take it first. Oh, you want to take it first pick? Go for it. I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I'm not necessarily a fan of the uh, veterans coming down to the developmental brand and just snagging the titles, but I think Breezango could really benefit from getting the titles. I think it seems like they're trying to rebrand them into more serious, trying to get them away from the comedy, as we saw in their uh, promo this week. I'm actually really cool with uh, the fashion police getting the uh, titles here. Okay, do you think it's going to happen? If you had to bet, and I know you would, do you think it's going to Oh, happen? if I had to bet, what odds are you giving me? Handicap this for me, uh, Lepaki. Just straight up, do they win? Straight up, plus 100, um, even money? Yeah, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll throw a uh, tenner on it. All right, I love it. Oh, I love it. Yay, one burrito. Nick, how many burritos do I owe you? Seven? Oh, I was going to say like three, but I'll go with NC7. I suppose now's the goodest time of any to let you guys know that we are planning a new segment for the Watch Finish pod coming up before Backlash. We will be doing a predictions episode with the debut of, what are we calling it, guys? The Degenerate Duo. Name still pending, but... We're going to be doing some odds for the matches coming up. It'll be cool. It'll be a little wrestling gambling segment. It's, it's two of our great passions, mainly gambling. And wrestling. Yeah. And wrestling. All right. So, all right. So, with that, then, um, we, well, I suppose, then, let me talk about Rizanga real quick. Ooh. They are ready. I mean, they've been ready for a while as far as being established at the level where they could be NXT champions. So I could see it happening. I think it's early. Those new characters haven't been established yet. I don't really feel like they're going to be established on the belt unless we get a true dirty turn, which wouldn't happen against Imperium. So they're guys that I want to see chase the belts, at least until Balor recruits them for this Bullet Club 3.0 that I, re- I refuse to believe isn't happening. All right. Any final thoughts for NXT before we go to commercial? I have one final thought, and I, we can go to commercial after that. Do you want one more person to put in your Balor faction? Who was the guy from the UK brand that he went over and had a one-off match with? Oh, Dragunov. Mm-hmm. Tell me that that doesn't sound like a wonderful fit for if you want to do your five-man. So a tag team, Damian Priest, Balor, and then your one rogue. Your, um, in words of Pete, your wild card. 
enjoying this honest conversation about wrestling, be sure to catch all of our shows. The Go Home Show, The Undercard, and Getting Over Going Under. Three different takes, three different shows, three different days of the week. All proudly brought to you by The Bosch Finish. All right, everyone, just real quick. It is really important support-wise for us. Growing podcasts do need support from listeners and people like you. So please like, rate, review, comment, retweet, you know, all of that. But most of all, dude, we hope you that we hope you've enjoyed the show. Um, we do have one more segment coming up. It's uh, something we're debuting. It's called The Three Count. Now, the three count is our closing thoughts, not necessarily wrestling related. You know, we may end up commenting on things going on in the world and all that, but it is uh, what we want to send you off with. So everybody three count one, two, three. Oh, come on. I had to. I had to. All right. So as is my uh, prerogative as host, I will save my three count thoughts for last. Do we have any volunteers to, to get us uh, started? NC. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. Obviously, anyone listening is on the internet. If you're on the internet, you know the world is a mess right now in, in more ways than one. Everybody's been going through a lot. Um, all we, we do here at the Botch Finish, I think I could speak for all of us, is you know just say that we are, we are with everybody with our support. We all are stand for the fact that Black Lives Matter, and that's the bare minimum of what we need to be saying. We are all, also, none of us are black people. So what I would say to all of you is, you know, do your, do your reading, research, listen to Black Voices, support Black Voices, donate if you can. The New Day podcast with Andreas Hale, who's, who's someone that's, that's a fantastic writer in his own right, talked a lot about everything going on in the world and uh, the ideas of, of what it is to be Black in America. Really impactful stuff, raw and emotional in a way that, you know, seeing it promoted by WWE, uh, social media is rare, but something I thought was a, a really good step, as well as, you know, Mark Quinn had the Black Lives Matter armband, Keith Lee on his, on his robe, and it's, it's nice to see the support from the wrestlers and the fact that they're allowed to, to stand and, and show their voice. So that is all I have to say on that. No, you're right. The outpouring of, of support from wrestlers has been, um, has been encouraging. So, uh, Pete? Vic? Yeah, I, I got one. Uh, first of all, I just want to uh, say I love what NC said there. I was, I think that's uh, really important right now. And I think everyone needs to uh, do their due diligence about what's going on in the world. But uh, something I would like to highlight really quickly, uh, we spend this show focusing on uh, WWE and AEW, but I am excited for New Japan to return next week. And I know uh, Lapaki's talked about some opportunities to talk about that in the future. And I think they're going to be doing some great things over there that I'm excited for in the wrestling world. Yeah, no, uh, Pete brings up a good point. Not only are we uh, relaunching this show, but we do have multiple shows a week. One of them is the undercard, which we will go in depth on. Uh, well, every wrestling company making news outside of WWE and AEW. I look to be joined by Pete and NC, hopefully this weekend. Get into a lot of NJPW talk. So if you're a fan of uh, you know international or independent wrestling, man, make sure you tune in. Same place as always, the Botch Finish Pod. Yeah, and, and not to double dip, but when, when we'll talk more about it on the on the undercard. But MLW 
signing with, with the zone is something that I'm pretty excited about too. And we'll talk more about that next week. Cool. Vic. So my thought in this time is we're here creating a bit of content, creating a bit of something to one entertain ourselves, but also potentially entertain somebody else. And it's remembering that we all have a voice, whether we choose to use that voice for a black lives matter movement, whether we choose to use that voice to speak out against cyberbullying, whether we choose to use that voice to remember some of those that we have lost in recent, Nick, that's just adorable. Whether we use that voice to remember some of those that we have lost in the trying times. We are all going through a lot this year. This has been one of the most difficult years of my life. Literally, you can make your jokes about apocalypse bingo, but we're all living it. So in a time like this, it's all about figuring out how you can reach out a hand and help someone. And if you have a little bit of patience and a little bit of time, reach out and help someone else. I'm not saying anyone in particular, but I'm saying we are all in this together. And the only way we make it through this is together. Well said. Well said, as usual, Bic. Um, you know, one of the things I love most about wrestling is it provides an escape and a distraction from a lot of what's going on around you. You know, it's, it is easy to really, you know, zone out and tune in to one of your favorite wrestlers or catch a show. And as much as I, I love to talk about it and I love to, to be a part of this wrestling community, it is always something to keep in mind that there is a bigger world outside of, outside of what we do and what we enjoy. And that world right now is at a major point, in my opinion, a major point in history. So I will tell you that I hope we get it right. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm hopeful for. There's a lot of stuff going on. I do caution everyone to be careful, not only with, um, you know, the racial unrest or, or COVID, but, you know, we're not around a lot of people right now. We're, we're lacking a lot of interaction. And for a lot of people, that's rough. So if you are having a hard time, you know, you're feeling down or whatever, reach out. You know, we are a community of wrestling fans. And in my experience, more often than not, you're able to find people that, you know, think similarly and are willing to help, man. So I do want to make sure that I get that out there. If anyone is feeling down during quarantine, you know, we have an entire world of wrestling fans to reach out to. And then lastly, the only way to affect real change is in the ballot box. And that happens this November. So um, I don't care who you vote for. I'm not here for, for that conversation. I just will tell you that if any year has shown that our voices should be heard, it's this one. So get out and vote in November. Well said. And I, I would like to uh, add it off of what you said. If you, uh, like, if Rob's, uh, like Lepaki said, if you feel that you need to reach out to someone, my... Uh, Twitter inbox is always open. Feel free to message me about anything at any time. And I'm, I, I feel all of us are more than willing to respond to anybody at any time. Absolutely. Absolutely. We all acknowledge that, that mental health is very important and it's very important that you take care of yourselves and having somebody to talk to is, is honestly a great place to start there. So. Yep. Well, well said guys. All right. So let's go ahead and wrap it up. That is going to be the welcome back, go home show. 
Uh, I plan on getting this cut and put up as quickly as possible. Do look out for the backlash preview and hopefully, or the backlash preview this weekend and hopefully the undercard dropping early next week with uh, some new Japan stuff. Again, if you want to follow the podcast, we do really appreciate the support. You can find us on Twitter. That's at botched underscore finish we do have the blog up and running and i will be adding to that over the next few days that's at the botched or sorry botched finish dot home dot blog you can get at me on twitter at rob lopaki r-o-b-l-o-p-a-k-i you see the rest of the handles under everyone's name if you want to drop them go ahead and do that now otherwise can i make a quick plug here go ahead um non-wrestling related but for all of our wrestling basketball crossover fans, like I know we are here at the Botch Finish. I did publish a piece on the Knickswall.com today. It's a couple thousand words on Denny Avdia and why the Knicks should take him in the draft. May not be your thing, but if it is, check it out. It's on my Twitter as well. Man, we're all about the cross coverage here. So yeah. um, at, at some point, I, I've been – once probably we get into the offseason, whenever that is in basketball in a couple months for the 20 days that we'll have an offseason. I, I have a, a good uh, wrestling basketball crossover comparison article brewing up here. So you'll see it at some point. That'll be fun. All right, guys. Well, um, again, everyone who's out there listening or watching, thank you for the support. We do appreciate it. Please remember to like, rate, review, comment, subscribe. Hopefully you enjoyed what was an honest conversation from the Botch Finish. And that was an honest conversation about wrestling brought to you by the Botch Finish. They're keeping the fans entertained. They're keeping the fans entertained. Everybody want a title shot, but nobody's trying to rehearse. People complaining quite a lot, but don't want to put in the work. I'll be jumping in feet first. Keep on collecting the checks. This right here is a free verse. I ain't going to finish the rest.